Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted Twisted and Uncorked. There's two robin's nests outside my house. They look so cute. See the moms popping in and out with their food. And then I get stressed because there's an owl that's decided it wants to live in this neighborhood now. I'm like, oh, what's wrong eat? with owls? Nothing. They just don't want them to eat the baby birds. Hmm, they might eat the babies. <laughs> <laughs> they usually go for rodents. I know. That makes me even more sad. I have a love-hate relationship with owls. I think they're beautiful, I beautiful creatures, owls. but they eat all of the things that I think are adorable. So it's a catch-22, but I've named him to, Slim Shady. I used to feed our owl at the park. I know. Oh, that frozen fo- mice so <laughs> we i think posted that photo like the first year we podcasted i might have to reshare that with the people Stay well we posted guys. it when we did the staircase because oh, we were talking yeah. about owls yeah um i will share it to the the instagram story so you guys can have a look uh, the owl makes sierra look even tinier than she already is <laughs> i disagree takes up the owl is not that big fucking forearm yeah. It, his wings are open in, in his defense, so we won't Yeah, But that's why the staircase thing always confused me, because they always talk about how big it is. Same with um, Mothman. They thought that Mothman was a barred owl. They are not that fucking big, okay? No. It's like the size of my head. That's no. it. They're not, actually, because I think it's a barred owl that's out here, because they're invasive to British Columbia. Oh. I think... There's, Bart there's owl two like owls that start with a B. One tan of them is with brown stripes. On yeah, his belly. that's what that's what I think so. Yeah. I'm like 99 percent sure. I'll have to look at the photo of him. We can identify. Listen him later. to him. If his hoot sounds like he's saying, "Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you too?" That's a Bart owl. I think that that checks out with what I've never heard those words come from him. Well. But- the, They're the, not words. The pattern of sounds. Yeah, yeah that does kind of yeah. sound like it. Because when I first started hearing it last summer, I'm like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh. The horned owl has sort of similar one, but he doesn't have as many. I don't who's think we in a have row. those in the lower The great horned either. owl. Those ones are 
the same color brown as the stripes, but mm-hmm. without the belly. Oh. And they have like pointy ears like this. I had oh. to rescue one of those one time. It was terrifying. Oh. Why? Because he has because, pointy ears or because No, huge? because the great horned owls are bigger and I don't know. It was a wild one. It was fucking scary. The one that was, you know, that we were rehabilitating was no longer wild. He was with humans since like a couple months old. But oh, the great horned okay. owl was um, injured because vultures were like picking oh, at it. No. You did tell and me that story. That made yeah, me sad. We had to like cover it with a jacket and to like it before it, it yeah. <laughs> ran at us. It was so scary, but well, it was cool. And the sad thing, much like children, sometimes animals do not have the they don't have the ability to tell you that they're in pain. They're just scared and right and want it to be better. So if you ever get attacked by an animal. Maybe you fucked up, or maybe it's in pain or scared. <laughs> maybe you fucked up. <laughs> maybe you fucked up. Um, welcome to Wait, our speaking... owl spinoff podcast. <laughs> right. Speaking of fucking up, have you ever used one of those glass bulb things to water your plants? Uh, yeah. That like is supposed to slow drain. Uh huh. Yeah. Did it work? No. No, dirt, dirt just gets jammed up that? in there and it's useless. No, mine just overwatered my fucking plant. Oh. Yeah. Well, so here's what happened. I got the thing. I filled it up with water. I stuck it in. Um, I don't remember if it was at an angle or not. I didn't really pay attention, but I think it was at an angle. I don't know. Anyways, I just jammed it in there and a little bit came out and that uh-huh. was it. And I was yeah. like, cool, oh, cool, this is working. Come and then back. I went back later and I was like, oh, my God, it's empty already. This thing must have been really fucking thirsty. Let me fill it up so I don't have to do it again for a while. Oh, no. <laughs> so I f- and when I took it out, there was dirt stuck in it, but it was wet dirt, which is fine because, you know, once it dries out, that's when it sucks it back up. Um, but I filled it back up with water and I stuck it back in. And then my pot started peeing all over the floor. And I was like, oh, no, what's happening? And the thing was empty again. So it just completely overwatered my plant. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, no. Why, what is the point of this thing? I use them at work. I'm upset. And they just get jammed all the time because I don't have time. Well, to I think the they're supposed to be jammed. Yeah. But because, like to the point again, that when I go to refill out, them, I can't like, it's like stuck. It's like cement in the little tip. <laughs> you can't just wet it with Listen, water? It takes a long time. It, oh my gosh. I get paid the big bucks guys to water the plants at work. No, but my my plants out here, I just, I set a reminder on my phone because in the summertime, I'm fucking hot and I don't want to go out there, but they will die. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like today. It was already 30 degrees by 11 o'clock. So I told Kevin, I was like, you need to go water the plants when the sun's off the deck. And he was like, uh, that may have been too much for him. And by 30, she means 86 degrees Fahrenheit. That's true. Yeah, he's like, why can't I do it now? I'm like, because the flowers will burn. Do you know nothing about plants, sir? <laughs> that is honestly not even as bad as I expected. For um, May, this early in May, usually that's like mid-July weather. Yeah. Which, so I'm already going to be seasoned by the time I come and see you. I yeah, was looking well, at weather in, in July in Cincinnati. It's like 30 degrees, right? 
I mean, it depends on the day. I get to meet um, Sierra's whole family, guys. But She's in taking me home. <laughs> Alabama, it often gets 40 degrees Celsius. So so we're avoiding that shit, is what you're saying. <laughs> That's why I told you not to come in the summer. Yeah. You're like, I don't want her to die of heat stroke and then I'm stuck with her. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> um, speaking of you coming here, uh, Jesse was like, oh I really like Kevin. I, I told him he should pack his PlayStation and come with her. And I was like, yeah, but she's coming to Cincinnati. And he's like, well, yeah, but I know. he can come re- here. It was really cute. Kevin <laughs> told me that last night. I told him, I told Jesse, I was like, good, our plan is working. <laughs> because we want to go to New Orleans. And we know both of you won't let us go by ourselves. <laughs> right? And it'll be less awkward when you both come to the Pacific exactly. Northwest at some point And they actually know each other. <laughs> they can hang out in the games room. We'll just shut them in there. It's fine. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Fun, fun times. Anyway. Besties. This is episode 111, part two. Uh, But before we get into the teacup poisoner, we have to thank our new patrons. Uh, Number one is Natasha, who we may have already thanked. And if we did, you get two shout outs. So, (laughs) you know. Our memory is Um, terrible. And then the newest patron is Jeremy. Thank you so much, Jeremy. The most communicative listener so far, maybe. Yeah. In this year, anyway. Yeah, and we Uh, really appreciate it. If you want a shout out on the show or you just feel so inclined to donate to the show to help offset the costs of recording and research, you can unlock hundreds of bonus episodes at patreon.com slash twisted and uncorked. We're not exaggerating. I love you forever. I think there's like 211 posts for the top tier. Not yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. So we we want to thank you for your support by putting more of us in your ears. As soon as I started the sentence, I couldn't stop it, but it was gross. I'm sorry. It is gross for yeah. sure. All of our patrons are actually gone now. Thanks, Alicia. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we really do appreciate it, you guys. Um. So let's get into it. Do you have a fun fact for me? I do. And I actually might need to play the audio because I don't want to fuck it up. And it's all sciencey. But it's about why when you eat pineapple, you get little tinglies in your tongue. Okay. And it's because there's actually microscopic, like teeny, 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 tiny, like you have to look at it under a microscope, little needles in pineapple. I think that's what microscopic means. Microscope. Microscopic. Anyway, (laughs) that's creepy, honestly. So I was watching the video and I was like, that makes so much sense because my tongue's always itchy afterwards. And it's, I guess, like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, is it because they actually don't, like, do pineapples evolutionarily do not want you to eat them? Or is it just... Everything evolutionary does not want you to eat it. Fuckity. I don't know, man. I mean, peppers evolved to be spicy to make people not eat it. And people are like, make it hotter, you know, because we're dumb. (laughs) But it looks super freaky. So I will post it. um, That's really funny because there's a lot of people I know who believe that they are allergic to pineapple because it gives them that weird itchy feeling. And now you just got to like, tell them uh, to listen to Twisted and Uncorked. Actually, it's yeah. tiny little needles. Also, you might be allergic, so don't go start eating it just because of this fun fact. Okay. 
It's called calcium oxates, and they poke little holes in your cell membrane on your tongue, and that's why it irritates you. Weird. Yeah. So because Kevin, unofficial podcast assistant, knows that we share fun facts, he sends me random shit like that all the time. <laughs> I haven't had to look for a fun fact in a long time, so thanks, Kevin. Nice. <laughs> Jesse just sends me really disturbing videos of like... I don't even know. Half of them I try not to open because I'm over it. It's <laughs> gross. And he laughs so hard. And I'm like, I don't want to see mm-hmm, it, though. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I, I, like one in get ten some friends. That's what I get. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why did you share this with me? What part of you thought my wife would like yeah. to see this? Right. None. Yeah. None. But do you have a fun fact for me? I do. My fun fact today is sort of just this happy thing that I found. Okay. Um an Italian diver named Enzo Mallorca nailed it. Was diving in the sea near Syracuse with his daughter one time. As he was diving, he felt a dolphin lightly hit him on the back. Oh, no. And you know, usually dolphins are like, "Let's play" or, or "Let me rape, rape you." you. <laughs> um, but he looked at the dolphin and realized the dolphin did not want to play. But it was like making a noise at him and swam down. And so he followed the dolphin down. And when he got down about 12 feet, there was another dolphin caught in a net, an abandoned net, just stuck. Uh, So he went back up, grabbed a knife from his daughter, went back down um, and cut the net and let the dolphin out and... He said, with the last of his strength, the dolphin let out almost a human cry as he lifted himself back up because dolphins can survive underwater for only 10 minutes and then they sink. They need oxygen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a dolphin who was actually pregnant and soon gave birth to another dolphin. So he saved two dolphins. The dolphin father swam up to this guy and asked him to save his dolphin wife and kid. And he did. And he said after that, the dolphin father came up to Enzo and touched his nose on his cheek like a kiss and then swam away. That's the sweetest sweetest story story I've ever heard. Oh, oh, that made me tear up. Oh, it just yeah. goes to show you how smart these creatures are. Though, yes, right? like, I top know. three. They're so fucking smart. Yeah, um, animals are so cool, man. Enzo was quoted after that saying, "Until a person learns to respect nature and talk to the animal world, he will never know his true role on Earth." Oh, well, it's true. Just it's so story. true. Oh. Yeah, if you guys see an animal in distress, do what you can. Those videos honestly make me the happiest at work. When I open yeah. a new tab and it's like an animal rescue video and I cry and I'm like, I'm <laughs> supposed to be working. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, that's such a beautiful story. Oh, yeah, that's a, a great way to start a serial killer episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're going to get real dark here in a minute. Uh, But before we get into that, we need... Some sangria. I myself am only drinking water today because I decided to go to Starbucks today. And I don't need anything else. It was my coffee day. 
What did you get? Uh, what I always get, an iced coffee with no classic, add white chocolate mocha, caramel, and sweet foam. Oh, sounds delicious, man. It is delicious. I am drinking a sangria recipe that was actually recommended by Natasha. So thank you so much. We have mixed our Jackson Triggs Gwurtzdemeanor Riesling with her recommended recipe. And I forgive me, I may have made a swap that, and, and Sierra just pointed it out to me, it doesn't work, so I'm sorry. It does not uh, work. <laughs> it, the whole recipe for like a jug is what I'm going to read, so you guys can share this with your friends. It's one cup of lemon wedge sorry one lemon cut into wedges one orange cut into wedges one lime cut into wedges a can of peaches with the syrup a can of pineapple with the syrup half a cup of lemonade she recommends simply lemonade a half a cup of sugar two shots of peach snaps and then you top it with ginger ale simply um, lemonade and sugar jesus yeah so i did admittedly skip out on the sugar um, I do really like sweet drinks, but not sangrias for some reason. I actually do like the taste of wine. Weird that we started a show like this, eh? Um, but I didn't have peach schnapps, but I did have Malibu. And so I used Malibu instead. And I was like, well, it has pineapple in it. And Sierra's like, you guys have pineapple Malibu? And I was like, isn't all Malibu pineapple? It was the whole thing. Coconut. Turns out it's not. So this might be disgusting. We're about to find out. Or it might be a really flavorful pina colada. Oh, yeah, it is totally. Pina colada is coconut pineapple. It's like a pina colada lemonade. I'm in for it. Go for the peach schnapps, people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm obsessed with it. It's fruity. It's it's like summery. It's colorful. So obsessed with the thought of it. Yeah. No, it's better second sip. Second sip is better. I will admit. Um, but I also did just have a sip of Wildberry Acai Smash White Claw, and that's not really my favorite and kind of has a funny aftertaste. So maybe that's the issue. But I, I think it's perfect for summer. So the recipe itself, 10 out of 10 minus the sugar. What I did to it, maybe not. <laughs> we'll find out mid-episode. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I have another quick fun fact, and that is Ooh. you can buy merch at our store, like this shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> it's so cute. If you're yeah, on YouTube, in, check in out the my Americas. shirt. She got it earlier. She's wearing our Mothman logo, anti-hero vibes. Crop I top, love it. Super cute. We have three other new logos in addition to that one. They're lots of fun. I'm hopefully getting mine soon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, go and check that out. Yes, it is awesome. You also um, got okay. Jesse a hat. So. I did, and he wore it to work today, and I didn't even ask him to. Aww. Yeah, I That's I cute. got it, and I showed. I was like, I got you something, and I showed it to him, and I was like, you don't have to wear it. I just, you know, wanted to get it for you. And he was like, no, I like it. And I was like, oh, cool, he knows good. It's, He's he like, knows it's did you make podcast, it? Right. Yeah, because okay. like, did you make it? And I was like, well, you know, we hired somebody to make the logo and then our shop made it. Like you can order whatever logo, logo you want on whatever you get. And he was like, that's really cool. And then I showed him my shirt and he's like, that looks good too. And I was like, cool, Aww. I'm glad. And then today um, I went up to visit him at work and he was wearing a hat. And I was like, hey, that's the hat I got you. <laughs> like you're wearing it already? So He's all like, of yeah. our new listeners, thank you to Jesse. <laughs> if you got your hair cut by a, a man with an Alabama accent, you... 
There you Possibly go. Jesse. Uh, him and Kevin can wear their matching hats while they play video games. I think everybody in Alabama has an Alabama accent, though. So That's true. That is a true story. <laughs> Even um, you sometimes when you get mad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let us take a quick break to hear from True Consequences podcast, and then we'll get back into the serial killer. So when we left off for part one, Graham Young, only 14, was convicted of attempting to murder his father, sister, and classmate, and suspected of murdering his stepmother. All of these people were getting sick because of his poison. He was to serve 15 years in the notorious psychiatric hospital Broadmoor. Uh, We do know that he indeed murdered his stepmother. However, science had not yet progressed enough in 1962 to be able to test Molly Graham's cremated remains for Graham's favorite poisons. Really, Broadmoor looked more like a high-security prison than it did a hospital, and it treated its patients that way as well. Unfortunately, some of the known paranormal activity that occurs there today is because of the tortured souls that spent their lives there. It consisted of housing wards, treatment rooms, which God knows what happened there. Probably a bunch of science experiments. I'm thinking lobotomies. Ooh. And offices for the staff. It also had the quote-unquote old building built in 1863 that housed female patients during this time, but was previously the old hospital known as the Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum. Well, that's just and rude. Glad they only, switched that up. <laughs> <laughs> and only the most deranged and violent criminals were sent there. Um, so that one definitely had some creepy experiments going on. For sure. By 1902, the main building was built. One prisoner that was housed at Broadmoor, John Straffen, was sentenced there after strangling two children to death. On April 29th, 1952, he climbed onto the roof and jumped over the outer wall. Oh, good. That's what you want in society. Two hours later, he strangled another little girl because somehow he survived this fall. His escape terrified the local residents around the hospital and security needed to be increased. No shit. Now, if a prisoner happens to escape, which is extremely unlikely, the old air raid sirens from World War II will sound. I mean, reuse, Which, recycle. <laughs> honestly, that's fucking terrifying, though. Like, if you've never heard that sound oh, yeah. before and suddenly, like, is, is it the apocalypse? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Get like, in your and house. the world is ending. <laughs> Go to the basement. <laughs> Something awful is happening. They, they do use those sirens in a lot of places that have tornadoes as well. Um, it's very oh, similar God. to a tornado siren. So I hate tornado sirens. If you sirens. guys live in a, a state that has a lot of those, you probably have heard Tornado that sirens scare me more than tornadoes. I, I Just agree. that noise. It's, it's like... It's anxiety-inducing. Oh you know what else induces so much fucking anxiety? Is what? And they're so needed. I'm not trying to hate. But the fucking um, Amber Alert on your phone? Last night... So I was reading um, The Taking of Jake Livingston, which is our book club 
book for the month um, that by the time this came out, we just recorded. But anyway, it's a scary book. Um, it, honestly, it has the like, audience. It's more scary than yeah. I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, way more scary than the last one. Um, and I was reading it last night before bed oh, and I fell asleep reading it. Which is even worse because I was like halfway through a chapter that was scary. It was right after one of the diary entries, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, yeah." Um, but I fell asleep, so I fell asleep thinking about it. And as I'm like drifting into sleep, that fucking noise goes on on my phone, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what oh. is happening?" I know, and it it's... goes on so like, long. Bah, bah, bah. It went and then... off today for us as a test. Get they... this. That's what a test. It was. I was so mad. <laughs> I, I, I opened it because every time I hear one, yep. it's fucking jarring, but I always want to know what's happening. And I opened it and there was like nothing to report. And I was like, are you fucking kidding so me? So you just gave you, me a heart attack In for the no middle of the reason. night? Yeah, Granted, it was rude. like nine o'clock. I went to bed early. But still. Like, Who is in charge fuck? of these? God. Can we schedule tests <laughs> at appropriate hours, please? <laughs> please. It was terrifying. Uh. So Sorry. even though security had increased at Broadmoor, Graham was extremely clever and had a large understanding of various poisons and how to use them. Only a few weeks after he arrived, John Barrage, a fellow patient, died of cyanide poisoning, the only cyanide compound that causes most of these types of poisonings is used for industrial purposes and wouldn't just be lying around a high-security mental institution. Staff had no idea how this could have happened. Graham, though, was tickled, watching staff members search for the source of the cyanide all over the hospital, but he told them they were looking for it in all the wrong places. Isn't that like an admission? I did it! Ha ha ha! Pretty much. And it, it's so frustrating, too, because it doesn't matter who the serial killer is, what their method of killing is. They're all fucking arrogant. So yeah. fucking arrogant. Like, yes. Ugh. On the hospital grounds, Cherry Laurel. Is it Cherry or Sherry? Ah. That's I've known question. someone named Cherry before. Let me. But it could be Sherry. There's another thing that I tried to write phonetically for you, so. I actually should Google this anyway, because now I want to know what it looks like, so I never touch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this grows, like, fucking everywhere. Oh, that's not good. Um, I said it like it was a name. Yeah, it is Cherry. Okay. On the hospital grounds, Cherry Laurel, a dark green glossy bush, grew. Graham explained to the staff that it contained cyanogenic glycosides. Nailed it. And if you crush the leaves, they release hydrogen cyanide. Oh, God. Yeah, that's... that's See, a, this is why I feel like Girl Scouts is, like, a good thing. Because you learn about, like, safe plants in the woods and stuff like that. Yeah. Not that you would eat leaves like this, necessarily, but yeah. good to know. <laughs> it's weird to know. Well, it's it's Graham. He's, he's obsessed with toxins. Yeah. While this was a fairly obvious confession in our opinion, suicide attempts were very common at Broadmoor, and because there were so many patients, not every staff member was aware of what their patients were in for and didn't know about Graham's experiments that landed him there. Mm. 
So they're like, oh, this guy who knows that he probably didn't do it. This guy who did it also knew it. What are the odds that two yeah. people in there knew this? Okay. <laughs> I like to think we're pretty smart and neither of us knew that. So. No. <laughs> and I literally have a degree in outdoor science. Exactly. So, Whoops. so if Sierra Not doesn't biology, know, <laughs> these people shouldn't. Is that biology? Horticulture. That's what it is. Yes. Is it? No. Horticulture's dirt, I thought. Horticulture is food plants, but I think it's only food plants, not poison plants. I don't know. It might be all plants. That's how smart I am. Look at we're, my degree. It's awesome. I was awesome. going to say, we're digging our grave here currently. <laughs> don't even correct us. Don't add us. us. We're, we're, not, we're not sure. Yeah. Science. <laughs> I find it so funny that I have a bachelor's degree of science. <laughs> Who gave me that? Why? Um, Who gave anyway. me a degree in psychology? <laughs> uh, Winifred. I think we gotta go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winifred, Graham's older sister, later admitted that in his first few letters to her, he complained about how loud John snored mm. and that cyanide ought to put a stop to that. Mm. How fucking rude. It is by sheer luck that John Barrage was the only victim of Graham's because poisoning people is just what he did. One day, when some of the staff went for their morning coffee, they noticed that the brew smelled faintly of bleach. Oh. This is something that the hospital had for cleaning bathrooms, and it was no mystery who had done it. Another Graham specialty, though there was no proof. Mm. Hospital staff would tell other patients to behave themselves, or they would let Graham make their coffee. So morbid. I kind of love it, though. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of those things you have to have a morbid sense of humor to work in in a place like this. Yeah. Yeah. Or else you're just going to be sad and depressed and Mm -hmm. probably go a little crazy. Yep. In addition to his love of poisoning, he was also able to entertain his obsession with Hitler. Oh, good. That's continuing. (sighs) Oh, good to know. I thought he grew out of that in like elementary school. Yeah, I was hoping. He spent his time making wooden swastika medallions and grew a mustache eerily resembling that of the dictator. Was it exotically mustachioed? No, the exotic mustache is opposite of Hitler. Remember, Hitler is short and in the middle. Exotic mustachioed man is long and only on the sides, not at all in the middle. Very confusing, guys. (laughs) Go listen to that episode with Nick. It was fun. Yes. But... Because he was 14, doctors thought that it must be a phase and he would just grow out of it. Okay. I really hope, I mean, I wished, I wish he would too. Weird, teens are weird. I'll admit that. Um, I had a really dumb teen, teen moment when I was in high school uh, when I didn't realize that it was. Did you um, also not know the order of the solar system? I have always known that because my very educated mother showed me nine planets, just <laughs> showed me nine planets. Um, but my some odd great grandpa was in the Nazi army and he fled. Um, he left Germany to America to, because he didn't support Hitler and Nazism and Good he didn't want to be in the German army. Yeah. But said, fuck this shit. 
he still had his uniforms and they've been passed down because it's a piece of history. And I thought it was cool. He was from Germany. How awesome. And I wore it to school one time. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a Nazi <laughs> German uniform. This is bad. I wore it like it was a fucking everyday army jacket. I'm nope. This screaming. is a really bad thing. Yeah. And um, in my head, I pictured you like a little cute elementary school Sierra being all proud. No, high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I was in. Well, I will admit or um, in my defense, my high school went from seventh to twelfth grade. So this was actually seventh grade me. OK. So, so technically middle kid. school. Yeah. yeah. I, my um, my elementary school went to seventh grade and my high school started at eight. So, yeah, you're, you're still I, I just I, I thought, cool, Germany not real- realizing this is from Nazi time Germany. Like, this is bad. Um, so. <laughs> All your but, classmates uh, were like, aww. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why is Sarah um, so racist? God. I don't think they actually noticed either. No one said anything except, I Was think, my discreet? parents eventually. Like, did it have a big swastika on it that would have given it away? Um, I believe it had the red s- sleeve thingy. But other than that, it was fine. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, It was just ARMY, and I was like, cool, ARMY, I'm emo, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You little punk kid. That's funny. I'm really upset that I did not know that story until just now, but that's a great one. My parents are like, we're really glad that you like (laughs) to be German and you know, and, your heritage, and you're proud but of your... that's one you shouldn't wear. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> this is um, what's giving yeah. Germans a bad name and you need yeah. to stop wearing it immediately. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's um, <laughs> So he, the, the doctors were sort of correct. His obsession <laughs> with Nazism did die down as the years went by. Uh, his primary focus would continue to be studying chemistry. Doctors even encouraged his love of science, suggesting that he get a university degree when released and use his aptitude in the subject for good. No more poison. No more poisonings occurred at Broadmoor, and doctors saw this as a sign of his progress. No. In 1967, Graham had improved so much that they started to see him as a success story and moved him to a different ward that had a less strict regime. Twisted and Uncorked will be right back. If you prefer not to listen to ad breaks, head on over to patreon.com slash twisted and uncorked for more information on receiving ad-free episodes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As common in British hospitals, Graham's new ward had a large tea urn to be enjoyed. Two sugar soap packets, a cleaning material used for scrubbing greasy surfaces, went missing. The substance itself looks like sugar, but burns like lye. Luckily, less than 1% of patients were in that ward at the time, 
and narrowly escaped the poisoning. Rumors began to spread in Graham's new ward about the incident, and he was under heavy suspicion. A few inmates even beat him up. Oh, well. I, I was starting <laughs> well, to feel bad, but I'm like, <laughs> He did it, though, so. Kind of had it coming, like prison yard justice if you poison one of us. <laughs> yeah. He managed to give in to his urges and fly under the radar all at once with hospital staff. And by 1970, almost eight years into his sentence, he was beginning, nope, he was being looked at for early release. No! Ugh. The hospital's head psychiatrist, Dr. Edgar Udwin, Udwin? Udwin? Udwin. I don't know. Udwin sounds better, so I think you should rock that. It does. Sorry, Dr. Edgar, we are changing your name, whether you like it or not. Dr. Edgar Udwin couldn't see beyond the notion that a teenage poisoner was now a model inmate under his care. Oh, more egos to feed. Great. Yep. Two other psychiatrists objected to Graham being released, but were overruled. And on February 4th, 1971, he was released. A nurse later recalled when administering Graham his medication that he said he was going to kill someone for every year that he had been locked away. Okay. It would have been great to know that before he was released. Yeah, just a casual fucking... <sighs> Winifred picked Graham up from the hospital as he would be living with her, which, like, fucking Why? <laughs> your brother literally wrote you a letter saying he was going to kill someone for snoring. And you're like, come stay in my house. Yeah. From what I read but in whatever. the book, she was like very forgiving and very gullible. And like that was just kind of her nature. So, I mean. That's what's going to get you killed. He oh. literally tried to kill you yeah. already. Right? Just just poison her lightly. I mean, I think he was trying to kill his parents. I don't think he would have killed her. Just for my feels about her i don't think he would have because she was like the only person that didn't ever make him feel shitty or maybe that irritated him who knows <laughs> definitely a brave move for sure if my yeah. brother payton if you were a knowing known poisoner i would not let you live with me <laughs> no i'm sorry. just putting it out there <laughs> look there's a reason i was okay with giving my dna to a random fucking internet database if someone in my family did something wrong and they find out it. using my dna too fucking bad <laughs> don't do things wrong yeah, okay poison that people. easy it's a very simple lesson Graham's father had made it clear, though, that he still wanted nothing to do with his son after almost killing him. See, that's a, a respectable response. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess his sister saw the better in him. Winifred and her husband lived in a nice yet affordable, quote-unquote, new neighborhood built after the war. Oh, that makes They didn't sense. let Graham... Anywhere near their food and drinks, Smart. but otherwise welcomed him with open arms, which is like, yeah, there would definitely be boundaries. Um, sure. But also, how can you be sure? You got cameras in there? I don't know. Winifred's husband was pretty put off by Graham's nonstop chatter about Hitler, though. <laughs> and him... At least he wasn't wearing a jacket. <laughs> 
and him quote-unquote cooling it on the Hitler talk in Broadmoor may have been a clever move to prove, quote-unquote prove, he was getting better. Mm -hmm. Other than his uncomfortable obsession, he seemed to try and build a normal life for himself, starting with getting a new job. He had to take a long train ride to work every day, but it was a job at a small store where he would restock goods and help customers, which I'm not into. (laughs) Customer service by a known poisoner. Eventually, Graham became tired of the commute and moved to a hostel in town. Now he's like sharing rooms with strangers. I know. That's terrifying. (laughs) Graham lacked empathy and didn't get along very well with others because of his awkward nature. He would have to adjust to living in shared spaces with complete strangers with busy lives. Unlike his fellow patients at Broadmoor, Graham's roommates were free to come and go as they pleased. It didn't take long before Graham was back to his old ways, though. One of the other hostile residents, 34-year-old Trevor Sparks, began feeling very unwell. He complained of stomach cramps and nausea. Oh. Hmm. Wonder where we heard that before. I don't know. I was thinking like heartburn, nausea, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea the whole time. Like the Pepto Bismol <laughs> song. <laughs> Good one. I'm so sorry. Good so song. Th- today's episode sponsored by. <laughs> it's going to cost you guys. We'll, you know, I actually. We'll be in touch with your PR people. <laughs> right? I actually heard another podcast say that one time they pretended to sponsor another company and then the company actually paid them for it it's like so we should well, just damn. keep throwing that out there all right <laughs> <laughs> they'll listen and they'll be like oh that's really good you know what you never know who's listening important fact yeah yeah so if you get poison take some pepto-bismol <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that'll help you with thallium poisoning but <laughs> it's worth a shot <laughs> If you came in contact with Graham Young, maybe just try Pepto, see if it helps. <laughs> in 1962. <laughs> Graham suggested that it must be a stomach bug and poured him a generous glass of wine to kill the stomach bug. But that sounds like my that... logic. <laughs> but that made Trevor so much worse. His face swelled and he developed diarrhea and stabbing pains in his scrotum. Oh, okay. I don't think Pepto can fix that. No. These pains would plague him for years to come. Trevor wasn't the only one who got sick at the hostel. I always want to say hotel or hospital. Well, he's been in those places, so it makes sense. (laughs) Another young roommate of Graham's got so ill and was in so much pain that he completed suicide. Oh my god. Not able to take the suffering anymore. Okay, you would have to be in a type of way to want to end your life just to not feel sick anymore. Oh my god. Like tooth pain level. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Go back to our like first ever bonus episode on Patreon, guys. It was a good one. It was jarring it was it's so strange though that all these people in graham's life just continue to get sick weird (laughs) so weird how that he was doing (laughs) he was doing well at work and found a better job with john hadland limited 
that made photography equipment. They had a lot of expensive equipment, though, and they couldn't give him the job without a few references. Makes sense. Graham seems like a nice young man, smart, family nearby, but there were eight years missing from his records. He I told mean, his future boss... To poison people. <laughs> he told his future boss that he was so distraught after the death of his mother oh that he God. couldn't eat or sleep and spent years in a psychiatric hospital. The death that you caused, sir? Your mother died after you were born, so... <laughs> his boss wrote a local psychiatric clinic looking for proof of his records, and they confirmed that he had suffered from an ongoing personality disorder, uh, yeah, and that say. he had made a full recovery. I love they... covering cases that are, like, older, because, like, can you yeah. imagine having to write a place to, like, get a response? <laughs> Like, this was yeah. before email, even. Like, yeah. write the clinic, or like, wait can for you, a response. Can you imagine the things people were saying about him on Facebook? <laughs> you know, if they had it back then. Just look him up on Facebook. This man is a fucking psycho. He poisoned everybody at school. We're all still sick. Some of us died. Exactly. Like, nope, not hiring that guy. Away with it for so long. Because, yes, employers today do... Look at what you guys are doing on social media, so be careful. They do. <laughs> but also, employers let people have fucking lives. We're allowed to drink at 21, okay? Oh, yeah. That's not a crime. Um, so anyway, this company was like, oh, sure, yeah, whatever. Uh, ongoing personality disorder. That's fine. He got the position. We know that the British take their tea breaks very seriously, mm -hmm. um, and this is commonplace in any workplace. Since Graham was the newest member of the team, he was told that he needed to get the kettle boiling before break time. Ron Hewitt, 41, a fellow employee, was set to move on to another position, but agreed to stay on for a few extra weeks to get Graham trained. Within a few days of Graham being on shift, he started to get really sick. No one gave it much thought. In the first half of 1971, a stomach virus worked through a few local schools. And as a parent, you know when your kids get sick, you are probably going to get sick as well. Bob Eagle, 59, was the storeroom manager, and like Ron, he too began to complain of stomach cramps, diarrhea, and a burning sensation in his throat. Come on, guys, just go to the fucking hospital. Like... Ron would take a few days off and return to work fine, but within four weeks, he was hit 12 times with this mystery bug before he oh. moved on to his other job. Okay. At what point are you like, this is no longer an illness? Like, yeah, I either I, have horrendous food allergies and I need to eliminate everything. Or, or cancer. <laughs> or, or yeah, like, there's exactly. so many things that this could be. And you're just like, oh, I must have got that darn stomach bug again. No, to, Go to a hospital. Your immunity would build, build yeah. to it at that point. Oh, God. Sir. Ugh. Bob didn't have the same luck, though. Unfortunately, after returning from a vacation with his family, he felt perfectly fine. But within a matter of weeks, his illness returned in full force. In addition to his previous symptoms, he started complaining of numbness in his fingers that began to spread. 
By the end of the day, he was in so much pain he could barely move. He was admitted to the hospital, and by the end of it, most of his body had suffered permanent paralysis. His doctors diagnosed him with Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a very serious autoimmune disease. Mm. On July 7th, 1971, the the paralysis had reached his lungs, and he died. She was going to speak French again there, and R.I.P. Bob. That's fucking horrible. Yeah, and also, what the fuck, doctors? I guess I can't say go to the hospital, because sometimes they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> right? But it's, like, super There's weird. There's poison in him. part of his experiments, though, is to see what yeah. each dose of poison would cause your body to do. His stepmom had, a like, one of her vertebrae slip out of place, and that's what killed right. her. This guy got paralysis in his body. Like, it's so scary. Yeah. Oh. Everyone at Hadland was shocked. They all loved Bob, and working with him was always a delight. He had died just a few short months of retirement. That's even fucking sadder. Yeah. All Graham wanted to talk about in the months to come was Bob's symptoms, and his co-workers, still grief-stricken, were getting fed up. No kidding. He was like that with his dad, too. It's like, oh, my dad's sick in the hospital here. Let me just talk about his diarrhea. Yeah. Finally, by the fall, he seemed to have lost interest, but then the sickness returned to the office. Come on, people. So didn't lose interest, but put his interest elsewhere again. Yeah, people are red flag blind in the 70s. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what we talked about for part one is this episode. The red flags. flags. All of the red flags. (laughs) Stock supervisor Fred Biggs was the first to get hit with the mystery illness, then Peter Buck, David Tilson, and Jethro Bat. That's a lot of people. Jethro had such bad pains in his legs, he could barely walk. Peter and David suffered with impotence, and Fred started to lose his hair. Oh, no. Then, Diana Smart started developing a foul odor in her feet. So when I was reading the book, this part made me laugh really hard. Because it's like, is it from her being poisoned? Or (laughs) do you just have stinky feet? (laughs) We've all been there on a hot summer day when you're wearing flats. You take them off. It's it's a rough time for everybody around you. But he did admit that and I didn't put this in here anywhere, that she pissed him off one day. Um, I don't know what she did. She made a comment about, like, what time he came in. So I think that he could have poisoned her, or she could have just had smelly feet. Dealer's choice. Or he, like, pissed in her shoes or something. Oh, even worse. <laughs> yeah, you're not worth my science experiment, but I hate you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Staff began to think that the water supply in the store must be contaminated with something. Mm. Jethro noticed that a cup of coffee that Graham had made him was so bitter that he had to pour it out instantly. Graham joked with him. What do you think I'm trying to do, poison you? Mm. Jethro's illness came back with a vengeance, and he was hospitalized. Mm. Fred Briggs, is it Briggs or Biggs? Briggs. Did I okay, miss that? earlier I said Biggs. Hold on. Let me double check. Correction. Fred Biggs' condition took the most horrifying turn, and his skin 
started to peel off. Even the weight of a bedsheet was excruciatingly painful. <laughs> Internally he screaming. Died. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, God. He died on November 19th of 1971. Poor Fred. This is still like the year he got out of the hospital, too. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It hasn't even been a year. Yeah, pretty much. So was he healed, Dr. Udwin, or whatever the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) With two deaths in the workplace in a matter of months, people started to panic and were desperate to find the source of the epidemic. Diana Smart sent out a memo sent out a memo of her suspicions of Graham, since he was the newest member of the team. With her smelly feet. The company doctor, because I guess they had doctors in the company, announced in a staff meeting that neither death had been caused by a lack of hygiene. <laughs> like, the, that was still a concern by 1970. It's like, guys, we figured that we shouldn't be throwing shit and piss out the window into the street. <laughs> Yeah, are you doing that? Like, what? Is, what was it like to work with men in the 1970s? I'm glad know. I in don't Britain, know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Graham cut him off, suggesting thallium poisoning and listing the various symptoms it could cause. Again, his arrogance presenting himself in the situation, right. and people ignoring. <laughs> yeah, his arrogance and toxicological genius had pointed all suspicions to him. Idiot. Like, um, hey, buddy, we were just talking about how none of us washed our hands after we took a shit. Um, where did this poison idea came from? <laughs> the doctor went to the police with the information that Graham had given him, and the name instantly rang a bell. Mm. They said that he had not been upfront about his past and told him that they suspected that Graham had poisoned his mother with thallium nine years before. On November 21st, 1971, Graham went to visit his aunt Winnie, the same woman that raised him the first few years of his life. While he was there, police got a search warrant to look through his living quarters. The walls were covered with Nazi paraphernalia, and he had drawings strewn about, like what he had drawn in school. Oh, good. That wasn't Poisons and people. Oh, great. Many of the drawings had the people's hair falling out, almost like he was drawing the symptoms he saw when performing his experiments. Along the windowsill, there were little vials of metallic powder, the same type that had fallen out of his pocket when he was arrested the first time. Under his bed, they found a journal with his victims' names and the doses that they had each been given and documenting their symptoms. Okay. He's like full-on considers himself a fucking scientist slash doctor. It's a lot of delusion, but also a lot of you're a serial killer. Yeah. Most disturbing of all, he wrote whether or not he intended for them to die or just suffer. Oh, my God. So, like I said earlier, his sister, he probably only intended to suffer. Jesus Christ. (sighs) Which I think is worse. It is worse. Like, she, if I remember correctly. Suffer and then live through it and suffer some more. She was going to work and, like, was having hallucinations on the train. Like, what the fuck? Like, I would be pissed if I had to be escorted and then taken to a hospital. 
because my brother was bored that day. Like, okay. Graham Young had poisoned 70 people and intended to kill many more. This was all the evidence they needed to bring Graham back in. When police showed up at Aunt Winnie's house to arrest him, all he said was, Which one are you bringing me in for? Oh my god. All of them, you idiot. He admitted to killing his stepmother, calling it the perfect crime, because no one would have suspected him. They needed physical proof as well in order to keep him behind bars. Bob's ashes were tested, as he was also cremated, and they were riddled with thallium, which I did not know you could test ashes. Yeah, I didn't I guess either. for poison, like, certain things would Because it's wouldn't... a metallic substance, so it would right. still be, like, within the, the bone. Right. Certain things would still yeah. be there. But things like drugs or... No. Yeah, that would just go up in yeah. terms yeah, unfortunately. But 1972, so. good for science. Yeah, good for science. In British law, it is not necessary to prove motive when the evidence against him is so strong. He proved he was legally sane and able to stand trial. He had purchased poisons with a fake ID, knowing full well it was wrong. His trial opened up on June 19th, 1972. It was only possible for him to murder more people because he was released from Broadmoor, and prosecutors were determined that he never be released again. Graham was handed four life sentences, plus two five-year sentences, for administering the poisons by the judge, and was found guilty on all accounts. He was also sent to prison, not a psychiatric hospital. So we will end you on one frightening little tidbit about a friend that Graham made in prison. Ian Brady. As in Ian Brady and Mira Hindley, the Moors murderers. This guy. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. On August 1st, 1990, Graham was found dead in his cell from a heart attack at the age of 42. Well, this was our story of serial killer Graham Young, the teacup poisoner. And thank you again to Aaron for the suggestion. Yeah, I'd never heard of him until Me either. you brought it up. So if you guys have uh, another case suggestion, please let us know. We love uh, covering what you want to listen to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was insane. Sierra, do you have something that'll make us happy today? I already told you my happy thing at the beginning. That's why the fuck did you do that? God. Because it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it from us then, guys. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. We restart all of our little categories next week. So I have a cult episode I will be bringing you. And we will see you next Tuesday. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. It really is the best way to help others find us. Check out our new merch store so you can be like Sierra and a super fun Mothman crop top. And in the meantime, keep, keep it, it twisted. Twisted and Uncorked is a proud member of Weirding Way Media. Hosted and produced by Sierra Zorn and Alicia Watson. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening now. It really is the best way to spread the word. You can check out all things Twisted on our website, twistedanduncorked.com, and we will see you next Tuesday for a brand new episode. Mm-hmm.